Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and this is the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. And today, we are going to talk about next level engagement. As a speaker, one of the things you got to do is engage your audience, and our guest today knows all about that. Our guest today is Rob Foray. Hey, Rob, welcome to Speakernomics. Excited to be here. So, Rob, what are your two tips for speakers on how to better engage their audience? First tip, don't overthink your games or activities. And number two, people love free stuff, so why not give them yours? I love free stuff. That's awesome. All right, I want to get deep into that. But for those of you who do not know Rob Foray, Rob, he is all things engagement. He is a master of ceremonies. He is a game show host, a speaker, and a DJ. And he likes to call himself a celebration coordinator. I'll tell you what, he is phenomenal at getting people engaged and doing things while at conferences. So if you're looking for engagement, you got to talk to Rob. And that's why he's here today on Speakernomics. So Rob, your first tip is don't overthink it. What do you mean by that? Yeah, there is an acronym called KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. So if you have to take more than 30 seconds to explain your engagement activity, and I say engagement activity, I don't always say games because people are like, well, I don't know if I can create a game or should we do a game? So I say engagement activity. Basically, we're just trying to keep our audience engaged, eyes on you or their cameras on, whatever it may be, we want to keep them involved in what you are doing. So don't overthink your games or engagement activities. Now, here's the thing, Tom. We've been on Clubhouse for the last six months here. For those of you who don't know Clubhouse, it is an audio-based app. So Tom and I are often in the same rooms. And Tom, you often say, I don't like these games where people are telling each other to touch each other or bump an elbow or do something say something that's contrived or just a silly a silly shtick right and i've often heard you say that and so i think about that myself like what are these things that we are making our audiences do that feel silly or maybe aren't really authentic to them so we want to keep them engaged in certain ways so we can do that with a game an activity or whatever it may be but don't overthink it but also do something that is unique to you and your brand. And so maybe 
high five your neighbor is out right now, but maybe take a selfie with your neighbor at, from six feet away, you might have some fun with that. Right. So, so that's so actually that's actually a great idea. And to, to clarify a little bit on that, I saw a speaker one time yes. who throughout his speech kept saying, OK, touch your neighbor's elbow. And everybody in the audience yes. hated it. Nobody wanted their elbow touched. But the speaker was thinking that he had heard that, oh, every seven minutes you have to do engagement. So he was doing right. something silly every seven minutes. And it was just awful where, you know, and especially in today's world, we shouldn't be touching the person next to us without permission. No. Right, exactly. And the thing is, people think engagement is one thing. If your story is compelling, that's engagement. You are now engaging people in your story. And when I bring this up also is you want your audience to be inside of that story. You want them to see that reflection. What does it mean to them? So oftentimes when a story is told, that's me, I'm that little boy or I'm that person who feels this way. That's a moment of engagement. Another moment of engagement, I often watch other speakers and see how they engage people. So, for example, my friend Clint Pulver here in Salt Lake City, Utah, he's presented to our chapter last week. And one thing that I love that he does is he doesn't often use slides, right? His thing is about just being focused and he is right there in the middle of the audience doing his drum set. But when he gives his points, he always says, write this down, right? It's a very simple phrase, write this down, but that's a moment of engagement. I want you to write this down. I want you to self-reflect on this. I want you to take a moment right now and write down your goals, whatever it may be. That is a moment of engagement, right? So, so for everybody who's listening, I want you to write this down. Rob has just brought up a really <laughs> important point, and that is engagement just isn't playing a game it's not just, you know, doing an activity. Like he said, right. you know, if your story gets people to lean in, you've just had engagement. The other thing I always tell all my clients is when they ask about engagement, I say the other thing to remember is humor is engagement. Yes. If your audience laughs together, they're all engaged. So it's not about touching the elbow. If you can get them to laugh, you've just scored. Is that right? That is correct. And that's the beauty of having a live audience, but also when it comes to virtual, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, is the beauty of a live audience is you'll be able to hear that collective laughter, right? When we laugh together, we have a collective engagement, maybe even a gasp, a sigh, whatever that may be, we're bringing that together. Now, when it comes to virtual, we don't get that as much, right? But the beauty of virtual is the chat. We're able to see people's inner thoughts, dialogue. Even if you just ask them, what are your thoughts on that? People just start typing, right? And there's so many different ways for people to do that as well. But back to, if you can't explain the game under 30 seconds, your game is too complicated, right? So if you have an engagement activity or game, if it's over 30 seconds of you explaining how to do it, it's way too complicated. So the beauty of it is having it more simple gets more people involved in that. Think about this. If you have to take a long time to explain this to your mother, like this has to be something maybe your mother could do. Think of all the people in the audience. There are going to be some younger kids. There are going to be some older people. Whatever it may be, you want to make sure that it is simple enough for them to be able to do under 30 seconds. So Rob, you talk a lot. I know that it's not all just about gamification, but when you talk about games, what are some examples of games that you play with your audience to get them engaged in, in, in the conference, in the speech, in whatever? 
Yeah, you got to think about games in two different ways. I, I put them into two different slots, and then you can break them down from there. But is it an all-play game, or is it a team-based game? Now, an all-play game involves the entire audience, but even team-based games or versus will involve the audience because they're now watching and they have a vested invested or rooted interest in somebody to win, right? Have a little bit of competition. So I think about all play games, and this is something I often do in a virtual setting, but even in an in-person setting. In person, I like to do a versus game, bring a couple of people up onto the stage, right? But virtually, all play is great because of the chat function. So an example of an all play game, it's a reveal game. What are what's a reveal game? This is something you can put into your slides. You have a distorted image or a piece of an image. What is this? People type in the chat, right? That's a reveal game where people have to figure out what is under this. So, for example, uh, a car logo game that I play. It's called My Corona. You get it? Uh, My car, car, Rona, car Corona, Rona. as in the virus yeah. and a car. Yeah. I got, I got <laughs> yes, that. I made that during the pandemic. <laughs> I, I, I got that. Yeah, that's got a shelf life on it, Rob. That's not going to work in a little it does. while. Yeah. It does. But it's all car logos. And um, I have different types of games for different types of industries. For dental, I have Name That Smile, right? And so these are different types of games. So you let's go back to the smile game, right? We're just showing their teeth. But I'm getting some famous choppers out there, right, to show who's that celebrity teeth, right? That's a reveal game. And then I reveal the big picture afterwards. Why, yes, it's Madonna, right? So that's how we play these games as a reveal game. And you can do this simply in your slides. All you have to do is click and click and click and go to the next game. That's an all-play one. That works great on a virtual sense. Now, if you were to do this with a whole entire crowd, you could have them shout it out. Or if you want to do it versus, you bring two people up or three people up and they answer on stage. That's also engaging as well. So one thing I saw somebody do that, that was interesting, and, and maybe this is what you were talking about, about dividing the, the group up, is they brought two people onto stage and they had the right half of the audience Kinney was their person, the left half of the audience, Becky was their person, and they had to go yes. through a game a little bit different than what you're talking about. But the audience was like cheering like, Becky, go Becky! And I was like, that was really, really smart. Instead of just pulling the people up, you gave the people right. a team. Is this something you do as well? Yes. Now each side has a vested interest. They are going to cheer for their person. So when I used to work for Nickelodeon, we would always split the teams. We'd split the audience. You are the red team. And and pour slime on them. And pour slime on them. And the funny thing about slime was we only poured slime on the winners, right? You won. You get to get slime on you. It's really funny how back in the day when slime first started, this is just on a different note, it started with you can't do that on television and people who got slimed, that was actually a sign of like, oh, you did something wrong or you said the wrong word. But in the Nickelodeon world, when we started playing our games, slime was the grand prize. Now, so who would have, who we would have thought? Who would have thought that slime was engagement? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and to bring a point on that, you are doing something fairly unique with slime, right? You could do this with anything that you're doing. Your prize is the most unique prize in the world. 
I can say I got this from Tom Singer. I got Tom Singer's golden mic, whatever. Only Tom Singer gives that away. So that does go back to the unique prize. Well, and that People goes into our second stuff. that goes into our second tip, right? People like free right. stuff, give them yours. Yes. So let let's jump right. into that. So I agree. There's nothing I like more than free stuff. In fact, one of the things I like most of all is free lodging. Like if I came to Salt Lake City <laughs> and you said stay at my house, I would probably say, yes. oh, thank you for the invitation. But if you said it again, no, I mean it. We have a guest room. I would be so excited and I would totally stay at your house because I love free lodging. Exactly. So let's take and, this into uh, the conference world. What free stuff do people like as much as I like free lodging? Well, that's the great thing is if you have a product, if you have a book, a coaching program, a free PDF, whatever it may be, people like free stuff. And if you can give that away, that is also spreading your brand, being able to get your materials out there. So start thinking about what product that you can give away as a prize. Because people love that when you reveal at the very end what they get. And sometimes you can go with it two ways. Let's say you're doing a game or an engagement activity and you say you'll be competing for this, right? Or you could do the grand reveal at the very end. You have one of this, right? And put a little bit more gravitas into your product. It's your book or whatever. And one thing that I think is a lot of fun is the element of surprise. So let's say at the end of the game, Tom is our winner. Tom, you got my book. Congratulations. And guess what? For a runner-up, you get the home version, my book as well, right? Or you get the audible version. And so you're still rewarding people and people love that. And for those of you in the audience, you know what? I didn't want to leave you out either. If you look under your book, you get a book, you get a book. You can have an Oprah moment, right? And so, uh, or you can say, hey, and for those of you in the audience, you didn't get the actual hardcover, but if you do go to this website, you'll be able to get the PDF version, right? And then everybody freaks out because they got something for free. And now you're the hero because you gave away your stuff. And so I know people like to give away their stuff, but if you can put some gravitas into to your prize, to your product, it makes it that much better. So this is really interesting because my mind is spinning from, from my own stuff. There's so many different things that you can give away. Right. Obviously, if you have a book and, and if you self-publish it or you get, can get them cheap enough or you can give one to everybody in the audience, people like that. Uh, I used to do a thing where when my books were current, there, a lot of them are out of print, but when I had a stack of like the, the at the time, eight books that I've written, there was a prize that was one person in the audience won all eight books. And, you know, they would either then take them back to the office or some people would give them out to other people. But people like yeah. because who wins eight books? Winning a book was one thing, but people liked winning a whole set of books. Yeah, and I love that. And then you walk away with this. And then sometimes when I've done that, where I give away a huge packet or multiple prizes, I sometimes guilt them. Not really, but in the sense of like, well, here's the thing is you have the opportunity to keep this all for yourself or share it with everybody at your table, right? And so if you're doing rounds, you can do a prize that the entire table wins. So that's another way. So we, with one, let's say we're doing it normal audience style. We split the room this half versus this half. But the other way to play games is you can do it tables versus tables. So one way to do that, let's say we're all sitting at rounds. Maybe this is a breakout, a gala, a dinner, whatever it may be. I always, this is a great way to find your contestants. On the count of three, I need you to point at the person who you think 
is the best dancer or the person who's the most outgoing or the person at your table who is the smartest with trivia. Whatever it may be, you can set them up and they're like, okay, I have no idea. Maybe dancing has nothing to do with that game, but they've still picked the best dancer and they come up onto the stage and then they maybe do trivia based on that or they do a game on that or it has nothing to do with it. You're just finding the most engaging person for the stage, right? So that's one way to find your contestants is to have everybody point to one person, Mm. right? And sometimes I do an elimination game where I eliminate multiple tables and then I bring up the three or four people who are still standing. And so we can talk about that here in a minute, but that's just another way to get people involved at rounds as well. So I want to go back to prizes though. So, all right, as speakers, a lot of people have a book or a course or a class or, you know, whatever. What else can people give away that would be interesting and engaging and unique? Well, I think sometimes even if we put a dollar amount on it, like a free coaching session, right? So you get a one-on-one coaching session with me, Tom Singer, and I will help you produce your first podcast. What? That's amazing, right? And I'll even be your first guest. What? (laughs) But that's a great way to give away something that is fairly unique to you. So what is that service you give? Also, if you put a dollar amount on it saying, this is a $2,000 value, and you can have some fun with that, you have just won this prize listed at a $2,000 value and you get it for free today. Now you're building the thing up, right? So it could be your coaching program, but even if it's just like a trophy or something that is unique to you, what is something when you go on stage, oh, this is that person, right? So maybe let's say, for example, you're Phil Gerbyshek and you have your branded orange glasses, Right? Phil comes out and he says, well, you get your own branded Phil Gerbyshack glasses, right? So something that is fairly unique to you, something that you have that no other speaker has. What is that thing, that hook that defines your brand? You could give that thing away. So an idea I have for speakers out there who have a podcast, uh, if you have a business-oriented podcast where you do interviews, you could actually say to the audience, like if, if I was speaking uh, at a large group of speakers. Like if I was speaking at Influence and one of the yes. things I could say is is that, you know, the the winner of this contest gets to be a guest on Speakernomics. So whatever your podcast is, if you're talking to somebody, you could give away a guest interview and, you know, now the person you get, you're kind of stuck with who you get as, as the winner. Uh, you have to be able to fit and make it in. But for a lot of people, that might be really exciting. So if you're a speaker and you have a podcast for an industry, maybe you could give away a guest spot on the show. Right. That's, and that's actually how work. that's how Rob Foray got here is he was actually I the winner. The, I won the contest. He was the winner of the Speakernomics <laughs> contest. So that's why we have Rob Foray. And everybody's like, I didn't enter this contest. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But yeah. I've seen some powerful moments where uh, let's say your model is you do retreats and you give away a prize and maybe that prize is your uh, a free guest spot or they get to come to your retreat but i've seen it done very powerfully and the person is weeping on stage because they couldn't afford this retreat otherwise right so maybe find somebody in the audience that really needs that prize as well and so you can start working your way into finding contestants that are maybe curated but you can find a way to curate a contestant who would 
immensely benefit from this. I've also seen it where somebody gives away their prize they just won to somebody else and then everybody freaks out. Like you're having a moment on stage. So the other thing is, is that if you give away a couple of books as your prizes, the people who didn't win in the audience are like, oh, but I want I want that speaker's book. Those people are now more likely to go to the back of the room or go to Amazon and order your book because they, they got a little FOMO. So that's probably a exactly. good idea, too. Right. Now that you're giving away your product, people are getting FOMO and they say, I want that thing that he's giving away or what she's giving away. So you want to be able to create that. So. What is it, whatever your best product that you'd like to move or showcase, showcase your best product and give that away. So, Rob, your engagement, you're a really, you know, sort of high energy engager. You're up there. You're kind of that guy who would yeah. always be the first guy on the dance floor. Uh, you know, right. you're out there. What do you do with an audience that might be a little more stickety in the mud than a Rob Ferre show when you're up there on stage and you're like, yay. And they're like, uh, yeah, whatever, Rob. How do you get people yeah, engaged? A, that, How do you get people engaged who don't <laughs> want to engage? Uh, hopefully, you're doing a virtual event with them, and you just tell them to ch- put it in the chat. You know, that's that's a hard question because sometimes every audience is different, and you want to be able to curate content for your audience. If you're not customize, customizing your content for your audience, I don't know if you're in the right business, right? And so, I often like to create slides around the people I'm speaking to. So for example, I spoke to John Deere, right? Engineers. It'd be a little bit harder for them to be able to vocalize because sometimes engineers are more internal. They're more analytical. But I did a bunch of John Deere jokes or I took some of the different slides and I put their names or their products into it. And then they perk up and they go, oh, well, that's my thing. That's the thing that I work on, right? So this is what I call a moment of reflection, right? We want people to see themselves inside your presentation. So that's just another type of way to create engagement in the sense that I have customized it just for them. I made a particular joke, right, about John Deere. I, I, for this particular presentation for John Deere, I put in a joke about she thinks my tractor is sexy, right? And I talked about musical empathy and I played different songs, right? And then that last song was she thinks my tractor is sexy and they all just burst out in laughter, right? You have to see it in the context of the, of the presentation, but what I did is I put a moment of reflection that puts a mirror on them and they're like, that's me. He's talking about me, right? And sometimes with the permission of people involved, maybe some of the executives, maybe the person that hired me, I will do a game that has them also in my slides. So a reveal game. So if I were going to do a game that is a reveal game involving them, I've done the celebrity doppelganger game or the hair there game. Name that celebrity hairdo. And then, wait, who in the organization's hair is that? And it's right? their CEO's hair. So that's hair. another way. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, that's Tom's hair. I know that hair anywhere. Right. So you bring so up we can have you, some fun there. You bring up a really interesting point, And that is your engagement has to be customized for that audience. And so many people think they can just go show up and do the same, you know, slides for the dog catchers that they do for the car salesmen that they do for the doctors. And the reality yes. is, if you want to be engaging, you have to customize. Is that true? And be relevant to your audience. So tonight I'm speaking to a bunch of high school students. I oftentimes play a game where we name TV theme songs. 
And this is a great game just to get people excited, engaged. They're like, I've watched that TV show. The TV shows that I do for high schoolers is much different than the TV shows that I would do for 40-somethings, right? And so I have to be relevant and I have to know my audience. Because if I were to play Three's Company for a bunch of high schoolers, they'd have no idea. But if I play Little Einsteins for high schoolers, like, yeah, I watched that as a kid. I know that song, right? It's more relevant to them. Boy, you talk about a random reference. Three's Company. If you had to think of a show that high school students would never know in a million years, no. you picked the right example. Absolutely. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So, Rob, as, as we wrap this up, give me just a little bit more about engagement, gamification, getting your audience to lean in. What haven't we covered? What do people need to know? What, what else do speakers need to know to do well in this area? Well, what I love to do is observe other speakers. I love to observe stand-up comedians. I know you do stand-up nights as well. The most important thing is being able to know how to think on your feet, but also create your own language. That's what I love about certain comedians and certain speakers. So, for example, let's talk about Tim Gard. When he does his presentation, if you've ever seen it, he does the point where he says, point your head and say, bummer. Whenever something bad happens, you're going to point to your head and say, bummer, right? And now that's his own language, right? I saw another speaker. His name is Brian Dodge. He came and spoke to the Disc Jockey Association. And when he spoke to us, he would use certain phrases to hear from the audience. So if I wanted the audience to react, if you ever think that is a true statement, I just want you to yell out true. Is that true? True, whatever, right? And he would do this thing with the audience. And I loved how he did that because he would often check in with us. Well, what do you think about that? Is that true or true or whatever? And people say true, whatever. And I, I do the same things like, uh, are we going to, are you excited to play? Yes or yes? Yes, right? And so now you're creating your own language with your audience, but you have to adapt to your audience. So here's another example, Clubhouse. So if you've never been on Clubhouse, what it is, it's an audio-based app. All you're seeing is avatars and microphones and people talking or not talking, right? So for those who are on stage, another moment of engagement is if you liked what you just heard, go ahead and type tap your mics. That is a way they have adapted to that ecosystem, if that makes sense. You are tapping your mic as a form of applause because we can't hear applause. And if we all applied it into our phones, it'd just be craziness and there's no there's no chat feature so but it is weird for people who it's their first time on because everybody's microphone is flashing on and off and they think there's like (laughs) a glitch somebody's having internet problems but it's really it's really just the engagement form of saying yay for what rob just said right and then another way on zoom let's say you want to engage people on zoom i've seen people say type ones in the chat for your applause instead of saying yay happiness whatever people just say ones in the chat so i i tell every group on a virtual presentation use the exclamation point if you would be nodding your head because if i'm doing a presentation i I say something i can see people be like oh yeah tom i go so put exclamation points in the chat because i can see that out of the corner of my eye if i say something you disagree with use the number two because you're basically saying tom you just went number two And then if I see a number two in the chat room while I'm doing the the keynote, I'll stop and I'll say, okay, Becky gave me a number two. Becky, unmute yourself. What did I say that you disagreed with? And then I can make it interactive that way. But it's it's the exclamation point and the number two is, is my engagement on Zoom. And the thing is, you can do that. You have the ability to be able to stop on a dime, engage somebody, and then go right back into it. Not everybody has that 
mentality in the sense that I, I just got to stay focused, stay on the same track. But if you are going to give your audience the opportunity to interact with you and engage with each other, that's beautiful. And I love that. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, Tom created his own language. He did the ones, but he added on that and he added the two. What is that simple language or reaction moment you want your audience to have with you as well? So you teach your audience to engage with you in one way. And if we think about back, let's go to another dated reference. What was it Arsenio Hall did? He had people whoop it up in the audience. Whoop, 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 whoop. When you hear that whoop, you think of Arsenio Hall. So what is that moment of engagement that people remember you for? We just lost half the audience who are saying, Arsenio who? (laughs) (laughs) The guy that was in the sequel to... Coming yeah. to America. No, he gave Bill Clinton his big break by playing saxophone on his late night TV show. That's that's what that uh, any, that's what anybody old enough to remember, you know, that era would remember. Whoop, yeah. whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. All right, Rob, this was a lot of fun. We covered a lot of ground about engagement. If people liked this show, I want them to go onto social media, type something up about speakernomics with Rob Frey, and put in a lot of exclamation points. We don't want to see any number twos on social media. All right, so Rob, thank you for joining us, and thank you for everybody who tuned in and listened. You know what? If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have this show. Speakernomics has been going on since January 2021. We're really proud of the product that we've put together. We've interviewed some amazing people in the world of professional speaking. So if you like the show, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast love. And leave one of those fancy reviews that says, I love Speakernomics. It's the best show for anybody who wants to be or is a professional speaker. And then join us every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money as a professional speaker speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.